B-Pod Studios. Comic books, video games, anime, sci-fi. If you've been made fun of for it, we're probably going to talk about it. Get those nerds! 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 You're listening to Nerd Radio. Hey, thanks, Al. Man, the voice of a Hall of Famer there. It is. Bringing the show to a start. Welcome to Nerd Radio, wherever you get your podcast as part of the B-Pod Studios Network, and of course, all over your social media at Nerd Radio 101. My name is Chuck Bean. I am joined by the man who puts the cock in Caucasian, Al Beck. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. You like that? You like that? I thought of that on the drive-in. Wow. And uh, the man... <laughs> Just to be clear, did you say the cock or you the cock? The, no, the cock. It's the <laughs> cock and Caucasian? No, the stuff that you put in the walls. Cock. The cock oh. and Caucasian. Caucasian. Uh, we're also talking. It's, to, <laughs> it's a new I ethnicity. don't know how to respond to that. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. No, no idea. Got, Got him. him. Also, we're talking about to the man who, uh, we're talking about the man who puts the thong in man thong. Damn straight. Well, James. actually, I put my ass in the man thong. Yes. You put, yeah, you put the man in man He thong. puts the man in the man thong. The, man. <laughs> the manhood in the man thong. This week, we're joined by 8-Bit Steve. Steve, welcome to the show. Hey, how's it going? We're off on a, a great tangent, a great role already here, and um, we got something special for our podcast listeners we'll talk about later on in the show. Um, but in the meantime, we're back for another Nerd Radio, and this week, last week, we talked about all Star Wars. We had a bunch of people in here who talked about all Star Wars. This week we can finally catch up yes. with everything that's been going on. In the well, we took a couple of weeks off for the holiday, and then we did a Star Wars thing. So it's been, you know, what, three weeks since we really got a right. chance to check in with the nerd news. Right. So some of this nerd news is going to be a little stale. However, uh, there's definitely stuff in here that I wanted to get to because I, it, I think it's relevant to our show. I'll keep it fresh. Don't worry. Yeah, that's for right. sure. Crispy nerds. Uh, before we get into that, though, let's talk about why 8-Bit Steve is here. Steve, you're working on a strategy guide to the Friday the 13th. Nintendo game. Yeah, it's actually already done. Okay. Um, it's actually already done. So I, I made it uh, late last year. Um, it's kind of a really long story how it all came about, but um, I'm now signed to a publishing company called Hagen's Alley Books. Wow. They're the largest retro video game publishing company in the United States. Excellent. Congratulations. Um, yeah, so um, I made some demo books like this one here that I'm going to give to you guys. Yeah, show Ooh. it and put it up on the camera. Yeah, show, show the camera. Yeah. Uh, that, uh... Here's a demo version of the book. Nice. Um, yeah, this is it here. Uh, this is a paperback one. The one that we're going to make is a little bit bigger, has more stuff in it, and higher quality and hardcover. Um, so Fantastic. when that's released. So the Kickstarter is live right now. Cool. Um, it was funded completely in 23 hours, and we hit double the goal in 48 hours. What? That's, so, that's nuts. That's crazy. That's, yeah. I never realized there was that much of a demand for Friday the 13th NES strategy guide. Right. Neither did I. So um, <laughs> very impressive. You're just a surprise to me. Yeah. Um, I feel like if you do more of these, you've set the bar too high now. Like the, whatever the next game you pick, it's not going to be funded as quickly and you're going to be a little disappointed. Yeah. So when you do Nightmare on Elm Street. Wow. That's very depressing. Hours. <laughs> very depressing. So if you, were, if you were surprised by how quickly it funded, why did you select that game? Like if it exceeded your expectations so well, much. Okay. So... Um, there, I didn't think print media was a thing in the retro community, um, but it actually is. Like people really like collecting books, uh, like Game Pro Magazine, Nintendo Power stuff, still collectible to, I've still to got, retro oh community. I still got a collectible. I've still got a bunch of my Nintendo Power. Yeah. You know how many Nintendo Powers are recycled? Yeah. Are you serious? <laughs> Years worth. Are you serious? Yeah, but I was like, this is oh. in my twenties. Oh, okay. right. This is when I was like, uh, no, they're, that like they're last super week? collectible. Yeah, I'm putting um, my games. So in my, uh, my there's closet. a famous YouTuber called Pat the NES Punk. Uh, you guys may have heard of him. Uh, he made an NES book, and uh, he sold out of it. I just couldn't believe it. I was like, when he made it, I was like, ha, 
nerd. Like <laughs> <laughs> nobody's gonna buy that. But then he sold out of it. Um, so I had this easy way product uh, that I released on a large Facebook page. So th- I used to stream on this Facebook page. I'm not going to mention the name because I don't stream there anymore for okay. legal reasons. Um, they approached me. They're like, we want you to make a show. I said, well, I have this thing called the Easy Way. It's kind of like a tutorial series. And they're like, well, let's do it. So I started with Friday the 13th because I, I gave them a list of games and they said we want Friday the 13th. So okay. We did a, a hour and a half show. It got a million organic reach on Facebook. Uh, so for the first episode, which is huge. Um, so that was almost your first clue that this game has a pretty large following. Well, I, yeah, and so we made other episodes that were similar, uh, like very high reach. Uh, we did Turtles, we did Jaws, Karate Kid, uh, Castlevania. Um, so the the series was was pretty well received. You said you did Turtles, yeah, like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Teenage yeah, Ninja like Ninja the first one. Yes. that's like really weird. Yes, very oh, weird. I have to go back and watch that. You got to send me yeah. a link. They're all taken down. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're all taken down. But um, James, I, I, at any time, I, I can beat Ninja Turtles. The first Ninja Turtles game. That's for amazing. It. At any time, I still have the the muscle memory. I can barely get past the underwater thing when you go through all the electrical. Yeah, no, that's I, exactly what the book like kimchi. Is about. Or yeah, it's to if you take this guide series and you read it and you play the game for a reasonable amount of time, you'll be able to do exactly what he can do with turtles. You'll right. just be able to play through the game whenever you want without having to think about it. It's designed for casual gamers, people who don't know how to play these hard games. It's broken down into a simplistic form, right. and it's as easy as possible. Well, and that's the thing, too, that I'd seen an article, I think it was on Crack.com or something like that, either last year or the year before, about how surprisingly deep that Friday the 13th game is. Like, when you sit it's down with it, crazy, yeah. you get the, like, the 6- or 12-page instruction book that came with the game back in the day, and it doesn't really explain everything, but you sit down and you're like, okay, i got to make sure I don't run into Jason and I got to try and save these kids, and and they don't explain all the nuances of like where weapons are or how you can go into the cave and I mean, fight his you, mother. You could get weapons. Yeah, I mean, yeah. There's plenty of different weapons. I don't know how many times as a child, my buddy and I would rent that game, and I, we like didn't know what we were doing. Right. We just run around like, oh, we died. Game over. Yeah, it's like, I oh, I ran into Jason, so yeah. this game's over. Yeah. So we so we we have like a minute. We have a minute to try to do something. Oh, there's Jason. We're dead. Yeah. It was uh, it, it was a mess. You guys are an amazing advertisement for this book series <laughs> because that's the, uh, you know, over the last five years when I've gone to live shows and done all that stuff, the f- usually the thing that I connect with people about is that one game, you know, the Battletoads, the Ghosts and Goblins, right. the Friday the 13th. Mm-hmm. Oh, I remember that game. I rented it. I could never beat it. That's what this book series is for. Did you beat Battletoads the easy way? Yes. Even I, the, the the motorcycle I was gonna say, jump if, in the... If you, if you can get me through that second motorcycle stage, then yes. all right. Yeah. Then. But I don't have a book on that yet. So I just have the Friday the 13th book, and we, we made it to see what the response is going to be, and obviously a lot of people wanted it. So uh, it's right now I'm at 2.8 times the goal, and I still have a couple weeks left of the Kickstarter. So That's awesome. So we'll probably get to three times the goal or maybe even a little more. Just think how popular your book would be if they put Friday the 13th on like the platforms um, on the yeah, Switch. Yeah, like if the if they put it on the, on know, the, the Switch, the NES app or something. Yeah, mm-hmm. or uh, on like those little little mini consoles. Yeah, those, the, the plug and play yeah. ones. Yeah, yeah classic, dude, like yeah. you'd be selling those things like hotcakes. Yeah, well, uh, that's what I hope. Um, <laughs> so LJN is probably not going to release a lot of games. This is published by Atlas and LJN. Right. And uh, there's some legal things with Nintendo and that particular company, so it might not be on there. Um, but it may. Mm-hmm. You know, it may in the future. But in any case, you can play it on emulator or just get a cartridge, which is what I usually do. Um, I've shown people how to play this live all over the place, all across Michigan and other states. Uh, even in Europe, we did a segment at European Speeder and Assembly where I showed a guy how to do it live. Uh, first time, he beat it the first time in about 10 minutes. Wow. How quickly can you beat that game? You can beat it in about 10 minutes. Um, the, the very There's some speedrun strategies where you can get the time down to like three or four minutes. Mm-hmm. 
uh, but it requires a bunch of random things or lucky things to happen. So you have to reset the game, you know, hundreds of times to until get that. you get those yeah. things but to happen in the right order. Just from a power on, if you take this guide, you can beat it in around ten minutes. Wow, yeah. interesting. And uh, I've had eight-year-old kids read this and play the game through without any instruction. Just oh, you didn't have book. to bring that up. See, now I feel like an idiot. Well, I hope no, they have permission from the parents to play such a scary game. <laughs> <laughs> some eight-year-old kid can just stomp through this game with your your guide without, and I, and I can't do it. I'm I'm absolutely gonna I'm gonna go through that thing and then I'm gonna I'm gonna play it. You should once you something that people don't realize about NES games specifically, it only takes a few bits of information. Once you have that few bits of information, the game becomes much more right. manageable. But when you're eight, you don't have that information. It's hard. Yeah. <laughs> you once know, you so. once you figure out that you know if you hold down for two seconds on the white block in Super Mario Three, you can get, get the, the warp, warp whistle. whistle. Right. Then game it's like a lot easier, right? it opens up so many doors. Yeah. Because like, oh, then you use is... the warp whistle on top of a warp whistle, and now you're in the last stage. Yeah. See exactly. I never knew about these warp whistles. <laughs> Nothing. No. <laughs> <laughs> this is the first time I'm hearing of it. Right. Come on, Al. You, you can tell Al's not a huge gamer. Well, that's still in his backlog of games to play. Mario Three. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's still well. working on Mario Three. While we're talking about games, I wanted, pong. I wanted to bring up to you, uh, James. I'm still getting caught up on the Ed Sullivan show. Leave me alone. Yeah. That's true. Love that show. <laughs> Over the weekend, James, on my own personal Twitch stream, I yeah. finally tried out Realm Royale. Yeah. I finally sat down. I don't know if you saw the video. I didn't see a video. But... Yeah. Nope. I sat down. I, I tried out. The, the Realm Royale is a game James streams every Friday and checks out, and he's super good at it. You get to see him nerd rage, but then you also get to see him uh, wowabunga and send people back to the... Yeah. How do you put I wouldn't it? say I'm really good at it. I would say I'm above average. And Realm Royale, because I still get my ass kicked all the time. Right. But, um, sorry, what was your question? What's your tagline? You sending people back to the... Oh, I send people back to the lobby to get some snacks. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of curse words in my taglines or my catchphrases when I when I do play. Um, you know, once I eliminate an opponent and if I see that they're observing me on their Xbox, <clears throat> I do a, an emote where my guy does a little tap dance. I'm like, oh, you want a show? I'll tell you about a show. <laughs> she got this one, one man off Broadway tab extravaganza called F you. <laughs> and then we it's, continue on. But I don't know. I just, I just, I like to play the game because uh, I get some success. There's some bots in there so you can get some easy kills. Um, and But when I do eliminate a person that I can tell is a person, it's such a rush. I'm so happy. And I just want to do a curse and swear. Right. And you do. Yes. Very I often. Do. Yes. Uh, but I wanted to let you know that my first game, I got uh, my team won. Good job. So I'm I'm never playing it again. <laughs> I'm assuming it's because of all the Friday streams of mine that you watched. I'm so go- you picked up a few uh, few tips from the mayor of Guntown. That's, that's got to be it. Hundred hundred percent. Yeah. Hundred percent. I feel like I have that same mentality, Chuck. Just you know, start and retire on top. Yeah. I would do the same thing. It's all downhill from there. Yeah. The last time I played Rocket League, which was like a month ago, I had like three or four games in a row that were really good, and I was like, I'm never playing this again. It's never getting any better than this. Uh, but while we're talking about video games, uh, something that I did definitely want to bring up because we've been following the uh, the nightmare that is WWE 2K20 Ugh. over the last uh, couple of months. <laughs> I'm having been following it since I did my review. So yeah, well, um, it's probably a good thing that you stopped because on New Year's Day, when the uh, when the clock struck over to 2020, mm-hmm. everybody noticed the WWE 2K20 stopped working. You're kidding me. Nope. <gasps> Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I woke up New Year's Day to this news, and I'm flipping, I'm scrolling through like Kotaku and my Twitter and stuff like that. So on New Year's Day, if you boot up 2K20, it would get to the menu screen, and no matter what you selected, what type of match, whether it was a single player or going online or anything, it would boot you back to the the desktop. The That's crazy. You know what? I would have enjoyed desktop. that because that probably would have been more fun than me trying to play the actual game. <laughs> <laughs> would have saved me a lot of time. Would have saved me a lot of frustration. Like, saved me a lot of this. money. 
don't no. want to play this. It's fine. Just go back to the main menu. Right. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah, you're right. You know, I don't want to play this. I'm going to put in Crash Bandicoot yeah. Nitro Karts. It's the intervention hack. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Thank you, WWE. I still don't even have my fiend Bray Wyatt. I don't but, know how to get my downloadable content I got for free for pre-ordering the game. For I all, gave you $60 early. For all the things that were wrong with this game right out the gate, and then over time, for this to also be on top. This seems like the icing on the cake. Like yeah. We can all agree that this game was a, night, was a nightmare and nobody needs to play it ever. Yeah, I'll be honest. Like I'm put off on any kind of WWE game that might come out in the future. Like I don't even want to bother. Yeah, like it's it's not worth my time. I'll just play you know WW uh, NWO versus uh, WCW. Right. If I can find a way to play that Love on 64. That, that was one of my favorite oh. wrestling games. Love that game. Uh, it was a Warzone that was on like PS1. Yeah. Like that was fun. Nate Bender but. was the one that uh, recommended to me to get uh, last year's game 2K19, mm-hmm. which I hadn't played yet, and uh, I played it over the over the the break a little bit. And he's right. It's it's kind of solid. Yeah. It's kind of interesting the way they change things up because they change things up every friggin' year. Yeah. But like the when you play the the story mode where you're your character, it starts you in the indies and then you get uh, hired by Matt Bloom to go to NXT. Mm-hmm. I haven't gotten any farther than that. I only played okay. a couple of matches. But the way you upgrade your characters, like you buy almost like packs of cards, and that gives you parts to you know like sunglasses and vests and whatever you can put on your character. But then it also gives you different abilities that you can. I'll be honest. I don't like the sounds of that either. <laughs> I want to pick my own character. I want to pick my own accessories, my own right. glasses. Don't give me some random pack. Right. Well, that's the thing. It's like when you start, the accessories are kind of wonky. They're like, okay, mm-hmm. this is all right. But you, as you continue to play the game, you get in-game credit to buy these packs to get cooler and cooler stuff. You know, eventually you'll be like, hey, I got John Cena shorts. I can finally Ooh. wear these. Hey, I can do the... I can... Nice pair of tight blue jean shorts, <laughs> baby. Yeah, can't see me. I think I left off with SmackDown 2. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. SmackDown 2 was solid. I love both of the original PlayStation SmackDowns. Remembered enjoying, I had both of them. I remember enjoying them very much, but yeah. I think that's the last wrestling game I played. They were uh, they were some fun, fun stuff. But I'll tell you, what you just described, though, with these random packs, it still seems funner than this, the like the career mode in the 2K20, because literally 2K20 is you, they put you in these matches with these big name superstars. And then uh, they give you like these little tasks to do. So it'd be like punch around Ronda Rousey. There's you could have Ronda Rousey in a like a a hold and have her submit and like oh you did not you complete. didn't punch Ronda Rousey you so did you not complete it because you did not punch Ronda Rousey. And then once you finally do complete these things, then there's like ten minutes of cutscenes which looks like Minecraft characters that are supposed <laughs> to look like wrestlers. Oh my god, having conversations about wrestling business. I'm like okay, I, what that what does, what were they smoking when they wrote this whole concept? That does Ugh. sound awful. It's the worst. Yeah, there's a little bit of that in, t- in the there's there's a mode in 2K19 where you can play through Daniel Bryan's career, and I've played through a couple of those matches, and like, you know, yeah, I have to uh, hit the Miz with a drop kick off the top rope, mm-hmm. but like for some reason the computer has decided because now I want to do it that it's going to counter it every time. And yeah, like, what yeah. the f is this? Yeah, it's, it was it's silly. It was just bad. I beat up uh, John Cena for like 15 minutes, uh, but because I couldn't get him in the specific hold I wanted to. Uh, he eventually just gave me his finisher and pinned me. I was like, yeah. oh, it's just like an actual match. He gave you the attitude adjustment, huh? Yeah. yeah. John Cena just hits you with the attitude adjustment out of nowhere and wins. Five knuckle shuffle and you peace out. Stupid wrestling. <laughs> All right, let's take a break. We got some more stuff to get to. Uh, move- before we go on break, we need to, let's plug his uh, 8-Bit Steve's Absolutely. GoFundMe. Or, yeah, uh, where's, Kickstarter. Your, where's your Kickstarter? Kickstarter. It's on Kickstarter. Um <laughs> Uh, oh, that's it. Okay. Yeah. No. All right. Uh, Kickstarter.com. You can just type in NES or Friday the 13th. Uh, it's going to be the only project on there that has either of those keywords in it that's live right now. 
Um, so yeah, just go on Kickstarter and find that. You can also go on my website, www.8bitsteve.com. Links to everything that I do there, there all go. my speed runs, my my social media, and my Kickstarter. Are you still doing stuff uh, with the Titans of Co-op? I am not. We can talk about that if okay. you have time, or we can yeah, do it after the break. Yeah, I was going to say, let's hit a break. We'll come back with 8-Bit Steve. He's going to be around for the whole show, and yeah, we'll talk good. about uh, what's going on with the Titans. I'll be here. I'm locked inside. Yep. Nerd Radio coming back. Hey, what's up? It's WWE superstar Braun Strowman, and you're listening to Nerd Radio. I gotta put some stank on it. <laughs> yeah. Nerd Radio. Yeah, I love a stanky nerd. <laughs> no, I don't. No, not at all. No, no, don't, don't put that out there. Get out of your parents' basement. Yeah. Take, take a, a shower. shower. Always take a shower. It's Chuck Bean, it's Al Beck, and it's James. Joined by 8-Bit Steve for this week's Nerd Radio, wherever you get in your podcast as part of the B-Pot Studios Network, but specifically on WRAF.com, as well as in Boston. Rock 92.9 rocks.com. And every Wednesday afternoon on Twitch. Yes, you can find us at the Checkpoint XP channel. It's twitch.tv slash Checkpoint XP. Yeah, so we're back for, uh, for, you know, kind of... Last week was our first Nerd Radio of the year, but because Star Wars was such a big thing, we didn't get to cover a whole bunch of these things. It's like our Star Wars extravaganza. It was, absolutely. So there's definitely some stuff that slipped between the cracks that I, I wanted to get to. I could probably still do another hour or two on Star Wars. Yeah, right. I'm sure we'll talk about Star Wars. for it. Steve, we, can re- we can return yeah. to Planet Taco sometime. Yeah. For sure. We kind of get Joel in here, though. We kind of get Joel in here. We're joined by 8-Bit Steve. How's it going? Um, you saw the new Star Wars movie, right? Of course I did. Where do you stand? What did you think? I liked it better than Last Jedi. Okay. Um, I, I mean, I, I, I'm kind of mediocre with it. Yeah. I, I, there's things I liked and things I didn't like, but I don't really have a strong feeling either way on it. Right. I'm not going to watch it again, if that makes any indication. That's fair. <laughs> I don't feel like it has anything to offer me. For, uh, for a second a, viewing. That's yeah, a fair assessment. I yeah. Feel. Like, if you're not going to watch it again, I think that speaks volumes. You know, mm-hmm. you liked yeah. it, but not enough to watch it again. I'll watch it yeah. again. Where does Star Wars... I'll watch it again, too. Uh, Last Jedi, I, I want to watch again to see if I can enjoy it at all better than the first time, but I just, I haven't. I can't I re- do it. I, I've, I haven't actually tried yet, but it's been difficult. <laughs> so, I mean, everybody everybody who's a nerd has, Star Wars is a part of your uh, your food groups, if you will. Sure. When it, com- when it comes to being a nerd. But I don't, I don't know if anybody in this room is like major, like Star Wars is the top of food. I know with Al, you definitely are a Star Trek fan over a Star Wars Yes, fan. I am. Uh, uh, James, I know you, you love Ninja Turtles and, and a whole bunch of other stuff, probably. Yeah, I don't know if I was building my nerdums in, like, a food pyramid. I don't know who would be at the top or the bottom yeah. or whatever. I just, uh, like, how he describes, you know, his, his guide is for casual gamers. Like, sure. I would say I'm casual about Casual Star Wars. You know? casual, yeah, and that's where, where I fell, too. I might have a little more fandom, a little more passion behind it. But, you know, for the most part, I don't know. I don't take anything that much that seriously anymore. Right. What about you, Steve? Where, like, is Star Wars a kind of a major force, or there's absolutely stuff that you? It was watching? when I was younger. Yeah, um, I think you know when the prequels were coming out, and it was a lot of hype because uh, we used to watch. I don't know if you guys had the same experience, but on Christmas and like Thanksgiving, they'd always play the original series like on TV. Yeah, like, on Channel Two or, or, or Seven or whatever. So like we'd always watch that with my family, and so it was like Star Wars was a thing, and it was really cool. And the prequels came out, and I liked some of the stuff in there, but mostly didn't like it. Right. Sure. And so yeah. I kind of just like went down that path. And then uh, Rogue One came, and I was like, "This is actually really good." And yeah. I really enjoyed that. And then Solo came, and, eh. and yeah. So it's been kind of eh with most of the stuff. But uh, Last Jedi like just broke Star Wars for me, and I just don't think I'm ever gonna really care. Have you checked out Mandalorian? I have not yet. Okay. Uh, because we're. 
uh, me and Anthony from the Titans are we were watching things you know together. So okay, uh, we just finished. Um, uh, it's a British British thing. God, uh, the, the Shelby's. I can't remember the name of the show. It's an awesome show. It's got five seasons. Um, and we're watching The Witcher right now. Okay. And then we're going to go to Mandalorian. Yeah, I haven't gotten to The Witcher yet, but I've seen a lot of good uh, stuff about it. It's incredible. It's so good. For sure. So you were part of a, a co-op speedrunning team called the Titans of Co-op last time we had you on a couple months ago. Yeah, I, I dabble in a lot of different things. Um, 8-Bit Steve's like a, the top of my food chain, I guess. Yeah, um, well, that's like, so that's like, your brand. Yeah, like, well, it's it's me. Um, that's the thing. It's like people think it's a it's like a moniker. Like I, I was being – when I was a kid uh, in elementary school, uh, I was the kid that everyone came to for like – cheats and codes and like how do you beat this section they called me nintendo steve okay and that's how i like made friends because nobody wanted to hang out with me did you try being nintendo steve and nintendo well, cease and desist? as i got older and then i wanted to like make a thing i was like i can't be nintendo steve because you know <laughs> reasons so <laughs> we just ate it steve and it just kind of stuck um even when i tried to change it to other things because i thought it was stupid sure it just kind of stayed there um but yeah so i like a booger you can't get off your finger yeah <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I keep flinging it off. Yeah, that's way driving better. in my car trying to get this booger off my. Well, you, you meet some guys that have like really cool speed run names, or like, and then you're just like, yeah, I'm Ape Steve. It's just my name with eight bit on the front of it. It's really basic. That's a way uh, better metaphor than the one Al gave us last week about the Thai food restaurant. Oh, well, <laughs> was it some sort of infinite diarrhea wow. or something? It, yeah. it was pretty bad. It bombed, by the way. It, that joke. Uh, it was real I bad. I thought it was an excellent joke. It just bombed. <laughs> it did. You know? I heard, and several people reached out to me. I was like, dude, that was good. I'm like, it died in the room. It, yeah, no. It completely died in the room. I was, I thought it was funny, but I, but everyone was so silent about it. I was like, <laughs> it's way funnier if nobody reacts. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. I'm done burning material with you guys. <laughs> you to save it for your, I don't know. I don't even, I, I was going to say, I don't have my for own passion channel. At yeah. Home, yeah. Like, right. For the Elbeck podcast. Yeah. I'll just mutter under my breath during the next guitar video. <laughs> Well, let's talk about some uh, some of the stuff that's going on in Marvel and DC. So, Joker is up for two go- or wins two Golden Globes for Best Actor, yeah. and it's up for a couple Oscars too, isn't it? I thought I'd read somewhere. I believe so. Yeah, I know. It's, yeah. Uh, I know it's won some stuff. I know it's up for some stuff, but I just, I don't really pay attention to what in the world any of that. That it, like Joker is gonna like it's one thing that Rise of Skywalker I think is either one and one or is up for an award for John Williams yeah that does the I did score see that, which, yeah all right John Williams scores are always great yes so you know whatever even even if it's a terrible movie John Williams scored it well at least the music's gonna be neat I did watch Joker again over the weekend you know, it got the Blu-ray DVD release okay. recently and I still loved it just as much as I yeah. did the first time. So I finally brought it in, though, so we're, we'll finally get, hopefully next week, maybe James will have seen yeah, it. Yeah, we're going to try to watch it this weekend. I'll let me borrow it. Cool. You haven't seen it yet? No. Oh. Like, I, re- I realized that the way everybody was talking about the movie, I was like, I'm probably not going to like it. The way people are describing it, you could get the same feelings as watching Wrecking for a Dream and yeah. like all this stuff. And I realized I enjoy the Joker the most when he's like doing stuff to piss off Batman or get his ass beat by Batman. Or banging Harley Quinn. <laughs> Otherwise, whatever. The Joker's just uh, another clown, you know. I think you're gonna like it. Uh, I think I think Joaquin Phoenix brought a real a real element to the Joker, right? Because um, in each of the a- adaptations, uh, Jack Nicholson brings his own personality to it, right? Joaquin Phoenix brought like you you think you could be the Joker, right? And I think that's what. A people will connect with they're like yeah i'm like that guy that guy's like me i can i can be him and but like when you're watching the michael uh, the tim burton one you're like 
yeah, I'm not Jack Nelson. I'm not going to be that guy. My <laughs> face isn't going to get dipped in acid. And yeah. but I that think ain't the part of man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where does he get those wonderful toys? Yeah. No, that. That's I don't not like. I don't like Prince enough to be that guy. <laughs> I like Prince, just not enough to be that guy. Speaking of uh, DC stuff, over the holiday, I subscribed to the DC Universe service, which is a little bit like Al's got the uh, the Marvel Unlimited. Which I'm glad so, to talk yeah. about this because I had a friend reach out to me and ask me if uh, yeah, it's worth the, worth so the cash. It, so the DC Universe has much like Marvel Unlimited has a bunch of the comics. The DC Universe has a bunch of comics, and you can pull it up on your phone or a tablet or on your desktop or something like that and check that stuff out. But then they have a video side of it too, and they've been creating over the last year all this original content. They did a show for Doom Patrol. They did a Swamp Thing show. And one of the reasons I grabbed it is because I kept seeing these ads for the Harley Quinn cartoon that's on there. And I know that you, your, your household, uh, James, is a big Harley Quinn household. Yeah, you and, you yeah, and my Cody fiance both. is a, a big Harley Quinn fan. I think you really should see this cartoon. I think this cartoon is really right up your eye because it's, it's definitely an R-rated cartoon. There's a lot of swearing. There's a lot of violence okay. in it. Uh, the, voice, uh, the voice cast is Phenomenal, really? Yeah, Harley is voiced by uh, Kaylee Kuko from uh, Oh, oh uh, Big, Big Bang, Bang Theory. Theory. Big Bang yeah. Theory, oh. which is absolutely cool. Uh, Alan Tudyk is in it. Uh, he, nice. He does Clayface. Jason Alexander is uh, plays a character in there from Seinfeld. Yeah, yeah. Which George. Is, yeah, there's there's a bunch of really good uh, comedians and voice actors yeah. in this in this show. And Alan Tudyk, of course, was from Firefly. Yeah. Wash. Uh, but it's it's this uh, the the gist of the season. I've only watched a couple episodes, but the gist of the season is that Harley is seen by everyone in Gotham as the Joker's sidekick, and she wants to branch out and be her own thing. Okay. Uh, so she shacks up with Poison Ivy, which is also she's also phenomenal because she's like Daria. She's just so nonplussed about like everything <laughs> that's going on, and and tries to put together her own gang and tries to you know take on the. I don't know who they got voicing Robin. It's the it's the most current Robin. It's Damian Wayne, but he sounds like a twelve year old boy, and really? he's convinced that Harley is his uh, his nemesis, and she doesn't want to have a twelve year old boy for a nemesis. That's funny. <laughs> I have seen a clip of the show. Yeah. Somebody, somebody else uh, hit me up on Twitter telling me that I had to watch it right? and uh, sent me a clip. And it was very entertaining, the clip. It is. The first episode is a little over the top. The language, like They use the F, F word quite liberally in the first episode. Like oh, the pilot doesn't bother episodes. me any. But the second episode is, I, is my favorite so far of the ones I've seen because her uh, Harley and Ivy go to the Penguin's son's bar mitzvah. Oh, wow. Uh, and, and, <laughs> and a bunch of the other villains. That's the thing, too, is whoever's voicing Bane is absolutely doing the Bane from the... The Christopher Nolan movies. Oh, really? So, so he sounds a bit like this while he's talking, uh, but he's it, like he's so beaten down by the Joker. All the other villains, like the Joker, will be mean to them, and they're just like, Haha, "That's that's real funny, boss. Cool." Um, it's hilarity ensues, man. And my favorite part was they had Kite Man, which from yeah. the, which in the in the current Batman uh, or the the Tom King Batman stuff, Kite Man became a. Kind of a joke villain. I mean, he's a joke villain, anyways. But even if so he sounds like a joke, kite yeah, man? yeah, he's, he's kite man. Is but he like the the nemesis to Charlie Brown? <laughs> Charlie Brown. Well, he used to fly kites. right? Arg! Like, the trees would eat him. You know. I feel like there's something kite related with Charlie Brown. No, absolutely. Okay. You're right. But uh, the Harley Quinn show is really fun. I've watched a couple episodes of Swamp Thing, and that's been really cool. It has the Constantine show that NBC had one season of on there. Are these all animated, live action? Uh, Constantine and Swamp Thing are live action. Harley is the only animated thing I've watched that's on there, but I know they have some of their animated. So the big question, though, is, is it worth it? I don't know. 
I don't think so. Because so what's the what's the what's the cost? Typically, it's like seventy five bucks for a year. Wowie, okay. Uh, but they were doing a thing over the holidays where it's like sixty bucks for the year. And okay. I'm like, okay, I'll pay. Yeah, it's five bucks a month or so, Excuse give or take me. around. Excuse yeah, me. five bucks. I'll pay that. But th- that's the weird thing is like on both sides, on the comic side and the the video side, there are thing there are very strange holes in the service. Like uh, on the comic book side, they don't have a bunch of the Vertigo comic stuff. So like Sandman or Hellblazer or all this stuff from the 90s that like I would want to read is not in there. But then they've got like all of Alan Moore's Swamp Thing run, mm. which is, is, you know, predates that stuff. And they've got uh, Grant, a bunch of Grant Morrison's Batman run is in I'm there. I'm out. <laughs> but it's stuff that like I missed out the first time. But if it's on a service where I can, you know, flip through it on my phone, then, yeah, I'll try this out. But then on the video side, it's also weird because they have all this original content. They've got some of their classic content. Like, they have all the Christopher Reeve Superman movies on there, but not a single Michael Keaton Batman. Hmm. Just That's strange. Really weird well, stuff a missing. Lot more Christopher Reeve's Supermans. <laughs> There's only two Michael Keaton Batmans, right? Well, like that whole line of Batmans, though. Yeah, like, so I'm assuming then, like, Batman Forever is not Batman there. Batman Forever is not on there. Batman and Robin isn't on there. Like, that whole line of, like, 90s, uh, late 80s Batman movies, nowhere to be found. But they have the cartoon, the animated series. They have, like, all the episodes of Batman the Animated Series from the 90s. It is weird how they picked and choose or chose. Maybe that's just stuff they couldn't get the, the licensing from. Or yeah, if it's their service, you think they own it. They could just be like, we're putting it on a service. Right. Like well, yeah. Well, it's I mean, it. Disney Plus still doesn't have all the Marvel stuff because they're waiting for contracts to run out yeah. with Netflix. That, that's what I was going to bring up is that you've got, you know, like with Disney Plus, you're missing the Spider-Man movies. It just yeah. occurred to me the other day that it's like when, when the Morbius trailer came out. It's like, oh, yeah, I haven't seen Far From Home since I saw it in the theater because it's not on Disney Plus. Right. And that's so weird. You know what they did add to Disney Plus over the last couple of weeks, though, is the second Fantastic Four movie, Rise of Galactus. Not the first one, and not the one that everyone hated. Wait, Rise of Galactus? It's almost Silver Surfer. Oh, I'm sorry, Rise of the Silver Surfer. Yeah. Yeah. But that one, that one is now on Disney Plus. Oh, it is? Yes. So that's, that, I guess, a hint towards. I know that there so, was. a real selling point there, buddy. There was. <laughs> well, there was, a, there was a story over the. Uh, over the holidays too, that uh, over in Australia they put all the X Men movies on Disney Plus, so I would imagine eventually they're going to filter into the the U S uh, the U S servers. I just realized I haven't watched Disney Plus in a while now. Ever since uh, ever Man since Mandalorian stopped, yeah, you're like, well, I'm done with that. I got my fill of the Adventures of the Gummy Bears and Ducktales, <laughs> and I just it's just sitting there now. <laughs> yeah. I think uh, the only thing I've watched on there was uh, was the Mandalorian. It's fascinating that that's how that's worked out. That a lot of people were all in for this Star Wars show that came out weekly, and then like there were people that just canceled it as soon as The Mandalorian was over. And there's people like Al that were like, "All right, now I want to check it out now that I can just binge through all of them." Yeah. While we're uh, while we're on the subject of Marvel stuff and Disney Plus, though, there's a rumor right now that the Hawkeye series has been delayed indefinitely. Yeah. Oh, indefinitely. Yes. Wow. They're uh, trying to figure out what they're going to do with Jeremy Renner after it came out a couple of months ago that uh, him and his wife are getting a divorce and it's looking pretty ugly. Might be some rage issues at home. Oh, that dirt's coming out on Jeremy Renner. Yeah, so they're trying to figure out what are we going to do with this Hawkeye character and this uh, this show we were going to put on the the service. Just make a Ronin show. I, I mean, that's what he was in Endgame. Right? I, so. I swear to God, I, he's I, mad. I don't care if you recast a character. If you wanted to continue to have Captain America be in the movies and Drew Evans just wasn't going to be him anymore, but somebody else was, it. you don't even have to give me an in, re, in universe reason, right? Just yeah. it's just this guy's Captain America now. And I, how many Batmans have we been through yeah. in our lifetime? Give them the James Bond treatment. How many Spider-Mans have we been through? Like, okay, this guy's Captain America now. Cool. 
I don't like him as much as the last guy, but I'll give him a chance to grow on me. Speaking of the Morbius trailer, I know that neither of you guys are into trailers, but Steve, have you uh, have you checked it out? Yeah. The, the Morbius yeah, trailer? I, I was really into the 90s Spider-Man cartoon when Morbius was in that. That's yeah. the first time I got introduced to that character. Um, most of the comics I read in the 90s were like Venom and Carnage and that whole, you know, right. the, they had the video games and that was like marketed Maximum directly Carnage, to me. Yeah. yeah, Maximum Carnage and yep. Separation Anxiety. How fast could he beat that one? Pretty fast. Oh my God! <laughs> I, no! I actually, I actually know the guy who used to have the world record for both games. Uh, he's a good friend of mine. Um, but he lives in Arizona, so okay. But uh, yeah, I actually did check out this trailer. Um, I didn't realize Jared Leto was playing Morbius. Yeah, I was like, "What? Forget the Joker. <laughs> he looks like a killer Morbius. He, he, it like, just, he looks great. He looks it, exactly how I would want him to look in the movies. I think he looks awesome. And I mean, I think he's a very talented actor, so he'll be able to pull this off. And I hope this takes off more so than." Whatever the Joker thing happened, I yeah, thought he was the a Suicide Joker. Squad. Yeah, I liked him. I liked him with the grill, being more like a gangster. Like I do want to like go badass. back and watch that again because I wasn't crazy about him as the Joker, but a lot of people did like his performance. And I am a Jared Leto fan. Mm-hmm. I think he's a great actor. And, I mean, you can't really judge him on the performance he had in Suicide Squad because he was in the movie for like ten seconds. True. Yeah. He flew in in a helicopter to perform a, a crazy thing, and you see him a little bit driving a car, and then you see him a little bit at the beginning, and that's it. Yeah. It's all he is. There's not a whole lot of Joker content in the Suicide Squad movie. Um, but I would have liked to see him flesh that out and give him a full-length film and do something with Harley Quinn. Anytime you can get Margot Robbie on screen just as Harley Quinn, like, are you going to take my $10? I'm going to go watch that. Yeah, well, they're going to take you $10 in a couple of weeks. Yeah. That well, new Birds of Prey movie yeah, comes out. I can't wait to see that, too. My favorite thing about Jared Leto in movies is when bad things happen to him. Yeah. I like watching Requiem for a Dream. I like when he gets killed in American Psycho. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You must really enjoy Spoiler! Fight Club. You must <laughs> yeah. really enjoy Fight Club. No, I like seeing him getting beat up in Fight Club. Um, he gets beaten to a pulp. But uh, but yeah, this Morbius movie looks like genuinely like it's going to be a good time. Like Venom was yeah. was a really good time. And I still it, haven't watched that. Oh it's my worth god! It. Wow, uh, I should bring Venom in so you can watch that. I haven't. I just oh, haven't watched it. Oh, you're on your own with that one. Right. <laughs> that's, but, uh, that's the homework. James is going to watch Joker. You need to watch Venom. Yeah. And you can and compare with, uh, notes with Morbius. And if you've seen all of Venom, unlike Al. Uh, at the very end, <laughs> you can kind of see what they're leading towards. Yep. So I'm like, are they going to do a maximum? A maximum? Like a maximum carnage, a maybe? Maximum? I sure hope so. A maximum? <laughs> I don't want to say it because it kind of gives away what happens at the very, very, very end of Venom. Right. No, it looks like it's going to be uh, it's going to be a neat movie. It looks like it ties into uh, the different uh, the different Marvel universes. Like there, there's a scene where he's running through an alley and there's a Spider-Man spray painted on the uh, on the back with murder spray painted across it. So I think that's a reference to Far From Home. Mm. And the interesting thing about that, that Amy, actually, somebody that she works with, pointed out is the Spider-Man that's spray-painted on there is the Sam Raimi Spider-Man. Is it? Yeah. If you say, I was like, that can't be true. And then I, I froze it. I watched it last night and froze it on there. I was like, yeah, somebody somebody drew this for so Sam they, Raimi Spider-Man on there. They must be taking elements from the movies that they have rights to or the ability to use in the film, but referencing moments that happened in a film that they don't have any right. you know, ground <laughs> to stand on to use. That's funny. That was the other thing that I thought was cool, too, is uh, we didn't talk about the New Mutants trailer came out, uh, and I'm super pumped about that movie. I can't wait for that. But uh, apparently somebody uh, that works in, with the Marvel Cinematic Universe said that it counts. It's it, it counts as part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Okay. Which will be interesting to see how, it, like, is there anything in the movie that makes it count, or is it you just saying that so that you can use it later on down the line when you want to start incorporating X-Men? Yeah, is this the first time they're going to be sort of... Uh, Cluing or not cluing, but uh, adding the X Men stuff to canon. Yeah, I think so. As okay. far as the Marvel Cinematic Universe stuff works. Okay, 
So they might actually reference things that have happened like, within the Avengers. That's what I'm like wondering that. because they're saying that this version of the New Mutants movie is actually because they were the part. The reason that it's been delayed for so long is because they wanted to do reshoots when when Fox was still owning it and they were going to completely kind of junk it up. And this version they're saying is the original version that the director like this is the one he wanted to release. Okay. The, the, so and and it's going to be a horror movie, which is neat. The casting looks fantastic. All the characters look like they did in the comics. I can't. Uh, that's definitely that comes out in April. I'm 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 on board. I'm there opening night. Mm. All right. Well, let's get to. Uh, I, I've got another. We're, let's take another break. I've got a couple more things to hit you guys up with, and uh, we're gonna talk to Eight Bit Steve some more. We're happy to have you along. Great to be here. Uh, Nerd Radio is coming back in just a minute. Man, that was shoes in a dryer, wasn't it? <laughs> Whenever I'm about to do something, I think, would an idiot do that? And if they would, I do not do that thing. Hope you cleared out your DVR. We're back with more Nerd Radio. Oh, I've wasted my life. Hopefully you don't feel that way. Mm. Wasted your life. Listen to some Nerd Radio. It's Chuck Bean, Al Beck, and James. I love that. It's right before the asteroid hits the comic book guy. In the yes, You're the one that clued me in on that. You told me about that scene. I'm like, well, i got to use that for something. That sounds great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's Chuck Bean, Al Beck, and James, joined by 8-Bit Steve. For this week's Nerd Radio, and we, of course, encourage you to check us out on YouTube and all over social media at Nerd Radio 101 and download us as a podcast as part of the B-Pod Studios Network. We're on Checkpoint XP's uh, Twitch stream Wednesday afternoons, and that's uh, you can find that online at twitch.tv slash Checkpoint XP. Thank you very much, James. And, of course, we're in uh, Boston on their website. Rock929rocks.com. I'm fairly certain that uh, you've heard this story already, James, but uh, did you hear about um, Burt Ward? Got a star on the rock and or on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, and in an interview revealed that when he was uh, Dick Grayson back in Batman '66, uh, the uh, ABC had him take penis shrinking pills. Yeah, man, he puts the dick in Dick Grayson because <laughs> he was just a little too large. Yeah, he's packing some heat. Broadcast those, those exist. They have pills that do that. I mean, they maybe have, back then they thought they did. You know, they thought cocaine cured headaches back then. So. Yeah. <laughs> Kind of does, I think. I don't think. I think it still cures headaches. Yeah, <laughs> well, whatever. You know, it's got some side effects. Just makes you really jittery, so you yeah. don't care about the headache anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I yeah. Go. Who knew, man? Yeah, Dick Grayson's got two handprints and a dong print on that Walk of Fame. <laughs> Burt Ward's Batarang has got something to make Batman <laughs> <Yeah>. jealous. <laughs> Burt Ward's Batarang. I love what does that. he get those fancy toys? Did, did they not know that you can get specific shorts that pad that so you can, you know, not showing off? Like Probably you know, didn't you, exist back then. You got to take these pills that uh, are going to make you. But, yeah, I guess. Why wouldn't they just recast him? Like, that seems like less work. Like, let's permanently <laughs> Have you seen his audition you. tape? He's awesome, okay? You see I'm not how he that. rolls around on the ground? But you're like, you're going to take those. these pills that are going to, like, deform your body for this role that you probably don't get paid enough money for. That's a great idea. Let's do that. He said uh, He said in the interview that he took them for about three days and then decided to stop because he thought they were probably making him impotent. So he just, had, from that point on, he started uh, just using his cape to cover up his crotch. Well, it's funny because yeah, if you him. watch any of the old scenes, it doesn't look like he's packing that much heat. You know, you're just right. at it. Okay, the I don't look there, speedo, so I wouldn't, you know? I don't know. Well, when it's a topic of a, of a news story, I'm going to yeah. take. I mean, yeah, I'm a, you're you know, gonna I'll say, I James, like, I'm sure did extensive research. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, once that story came out, I wasn't before. Like, you know what? I'm really curious about <laughs> Adam West's Batman's Robin's wiener. <laughs> I want to see what kind of worm that Robin's got. That's another thing that's not on the DC Universe app. No, the, oh, the, the Batman sixty six. Yeah, the Batman sixty six series. Like, how how do you not have these things? 
Adam West probably wanted too much cash. Maybe, maybe. So we talked before the break, too, about the fact that uh, the the CW shows, the DC shows, are doing the Crisis on Infinite Herbs. Are those this, on the app? This particular, they are not. Okay. None of those CW shows are there. What is on this thing? Yeah. Uh, barely anything. Uh, a Harley honestly. Quinn cartoon where she swears. Yep. And Swamp and some, Thing. And some comic books that you don't really want to read? Some comic book. Well, there's stuff that, like I said, there's some Alan Moore stuff in there. They're like, oh, I never read that. I should check that out. Watch cool. Yeah, uh, no Watchmen's not on oh there. But the movie is. You can watch the movie, but you can't read the comics. Oh, man. It's weird. It's real strange. So really, to circle back to that earlier question, probably not worth it. I don't think so. For $75 for the year? Yeah. I don't know, man. Even for being a cheaper service. Yeah, I don't know. They got and they they had a head start on on Disney Plus or, or Marvel Unlimited too. Like, get your shit uh, together, DC. Yeah. What the f. Uh, but talking about the CW shows, the uh, episode that came out last night had a fantastic scene between Grant Gustin, who plays the Flash in yep. the TV show, and uh, the Ezra Miller, who played the Flash in Justice League, oh. showed up in the show for a scene, and they uh, they they kind of like through the Speed Force see each other and. Have to Grant Gustin, who has done a bunch of time travel stuff, is like he knows what's up, and he's like, "Oh no, what's going on?" Whereas Ezra Miller is still kind of a young version of Flash. His movie's still uh, supposed to come out, I think, in 2022. Okay, so that's quite a ways away, but super cool that they got him for the show. It's the kind of thing when Marvel did like Agents of Shield, that you're like, "Man, I hope they get somebody from the movies for the show." And, and then, then nobody showed and up. Then, yeah, right. they absolutely yeah. nobody. They keep teasing me. There's going to be a Captain America, but he never shows up. Yeah, exactly. Just see a shield. <laughs> um, there's another uh, story. While we got 8-Bit Steve here, because you're definitely uh, a uh, kind of a retro gamer, there's a story that mm-hmm. I saw over the over the holidays that um, there's a website called Hidden Palaces that okay. looks into like demo versions of stuff mm-hmm. and, and different versions of games. There was an unreleased game based on the anime Akira for the Sega Genesis that they unearthed. There's a lot of games like that that are coming out. Um, these programmers that worked at these game companies, a lot of them have, like, discs and stuff that they worked on, and they've just been sitting on it. It's been in, like, their desk drawer, and nobody cared about it for 20 years. Right. And now that there's all these this, these games are being sold for ten, twenty thousand $20,000, they are starting to go, like, oh, I can I can pull this disc that I worked on. It's a demo. This I've company's got, defunct. I'm just going to sell it. Yeah, I've got this, like, alpha point four version of this game, and... Somebody's going to want that. Yeah. At this and they point. do. And then uh, they give it to the community, and the community rips the ROM and shares it around, and people get to experience it. Sometimes people put them on cartridges, which I think they're going to do with the Akira game. Yeah. Um, like limited run games will do things like that sometimes with some ROMs that they're allowed to do that with. And uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it was it was neat to see that it was something uh, that because Akira was one of the pillars of anime back in like the late eighties or something like that. It was one of the anime movies. If you were into anime, well, you got to see Akira. Yeah, I know. The, it's, I actually know the name. I don't know much about anime, but I know that name, Akira. Right. So, just and friends uh, that were into it. But it was really cool. There's a video you can check out online uh, of the unreleased Sega Mega Drive. That's what it was called. Genesis was called over in Japan. Uh, the demo. It's got a whole bunch of different. Like it's got a. Uh, a motorcycle riding area that's kind of like Rad Racer or uh, one of the racing games of that era. And then it's got some side-scrolling elements. It's got a first-person uh, levels. Oh, wow. And it's very strange. It seems very like ahead of its time. Like they were trying to cram a lot of different gameplay designs into this particular game. It'd be funny. Game. They're like, this first-person stuff's never going to take off. This is never going to work. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Who no wants to play the game? No one's going to want to play this, right? <laughs> trash. you got to see who you're playing as. you got to connect with the character. Yeah. Right, for sure. Um, one more thing before we go, Al, you got an email yeah. from one of our listeners that, uh, it wasn't me. No, it wasn't. 
And I'm going to try and pull it up so I can get a couple of the ah, I got you. Surprise! Ah! We're going to talk about the listener email thing that you were... Uh... Yeah, Michael, uh, who's a big fan of the podcast, has been for a while, sent me a direct message on Twitter. Right. And uh, basically, without getting into all the details, he's looking for like sort of a distraction for his dad, you know? So he went and got him a... I think he got him an Xbox One. And he went and got him that... Uh, what was that? The, the Star Wars game, Fallen Order. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it was just too involved for his dad. Now, his dad's not brand new to gaming. He used to play, but like N64. Like, it sounds like GoldenEye was really the last video game that, that his dad played. Mm-hmm. And so he couldn't get into Fallen Order because there was just too much going on. So uh, Mike was looking for some suggestions because obviously we got some gamers in the room. Like, is there something that his dad could be playing? And to me, I, I mean, I'm not much of a gamer. So, I mean, I thought of like a Call of Duty because you can do like a thing where you play against bots and put them on easy so you can still play and stuff and kind of get a sense of achievement but it's not going to be too difficult you know playing Especially against golden eye is like the last right last that's frame yeah. of reference that's yeah like a game exactly that's, that's you're hopping right back into the first person you know right shoot them and first person i think i said how many times have i said first person yeah <laughs> right, yeah, yeah but first that, person here's my answer but that's exactly that's exactly why i thought of call of duty Mm-hmm. Or anything like that. So I don't know is if you guys looking, had any. Is he looking? Does he say in the email? Is he looking for games to play with his dad, or he's just looking for a game for his dad to play? Uh, you know, I think he obviously. I think he would like to play with him if possible. Because I would, I would think that like you could sit down on a couch and play like Borderlands together and, and get kind of that you know golden. Oh yeah. Okay. So he yeah. uh, says, "Do you guys have any suggestions on a two-player beginner game uh, that he could get to? He can they can play together and introduce him again to console gaming." Right. I have it. I know yeah. exactly what he's looking for. All right. Okay, so Far Cry New Dawn. Really? Yep. It's reasonably cheap. It's not a full game, so it's long enough to play. It's co-op, and the mechanics in it are accessible to casual players. They dumbed down all the stuff from Far Cry 5, so there's tons of weapons all over the place, tons of different kinds of enemies. They walk you through it. There's level 1 enemies that are colored, so you know that they're level 1 enemies, level 2 enemies, level 3 enemies. Everything's recognizable that way. Um, all the All the game mechanics... Are, are linear so like once you get to a certain stage you can't unlock level two enemies until you go to town and like get your gear up and then Interesting. upgrade prosperity so it's an amazing game um and me and anthony did a record on it uh like last year it's, it's so fun uh, i may end up doing another one on it it's a really really good co-op game i, I definitely suggest it it's on xbox one and ps4 so so yeah, so check check it out. Check bucks. out that game, but understand that you are never going to be as good as Eight Bit Steve. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I was going to suggest I've watched Chuck the Freak play uh, Battlefield a little bit on his Twitch stream, mm-hmm. and I was going to say that might be something along those lines that he would dig. Yeah, and it is. I uh, looking over the email it is an Xbox One that he bought for his father. Yeah. So so there you go. There's a couple of cool suggestions. Fall uh, was it Far Cry? New Far Cry Dawn? New Dawn. Yep. Excellent. The Excellent. post-apocalyptic type one. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. It happens after. I don't want to spoil anything. Far Cry Five is a nuclear weapon thing. Oh, I didn't realize all the games were connected. Yeah. Okay. Far Cry Five. Far Cry New Dawn takes place. Uh, I think 20 years after New Dawn. Uh, well, now I want Far to know Cry how Five. the caveman one ties into the story. Primal. I don't know. Okay. That's not for me. Because that's the I only did... one that I own. The only Far Cry one that I own is Primal. And hey. You want to see some Aborigine boobies? <laughs> That's the game for you on display. Oh, man. I feel That's, like. 
I was like, am I am I in the middle of a National Geographic's documentary or am I in a no, Al, I, Al, we can't name the episode. That's exactly what I was going to say. Like, I we can't do it, but I would love the title to be "If You Want to See Aborigine Boobies." You know? Yes, so it's like, hey, you want to go see a dead body? All right, yeah. <laughs> you want to see a dead body or an Aborigine booby? So, if you're one of our podcast listeners, whatever this show, episode has been titled, just know. That we did want to title it Aborigine. You want to see Aborigine boobies? Yeah, but I don't I, think we're going to get that one past the uh, I don't, digital I don't think, directors. Yeah, well, yeah, I don't think Beepot Studios digital really directors just that. don't have the relationship with the National Geographic's <laughs> and the elementary school level as what I did. <laughs> hey, but Lip Steve, let's plug you one yes. more time. You're doing a Kickstarter for the Friday the Thirteenth uh, Nintendo game. Yes, I have a new book series. It's called The Easy Way. Uh, it's designed for casual gamers of any skill level to be able to beat very difficult video games. Uh, I select video games from uh, NES up to about PS1, games that don't have guides already, so uh, sort of hard games, Friday the 13th, Ninja Turtle, stuff like that. Um, and I'm going to break the game down so much. It takes There's so much inside these books. Um, but it's also at the end of the book, there's a little easy way tutorial section. It's a walkthrough, but it's even more than that. It's like literally press down, hit A. It tells you every single button press in exact order what to do. Um, it's like I said, eight-year-old kids have taken this book and played through Friday the 13th. I couldn't beat it when I was eight. Uh, but that's the idea for the Easy Way series. And uh, with Hagen's Alley Publishing, we're going to be uh, releasing a bunch more of these books, uh, hopefully. And the first one's very successful already, but go on there and buy it. Uh, you're going to get it for a discounted price, so the book's going to go for twenty dollars after the Kickstarter. You can get it for ten on the Kickstarter right now. Nice, absolutely. You said it's going to—it's a hardcover too. It's going to be a hardcover, yeah. So that's on my website www.8bitsteve.com, or you can find it on hagensalley.com. That's awesome. I'm going to send you a list of games I need you to teach me how to play. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say Chester's Quest. Chris Done. Berg just hit it. Hit Immortal it in the, the uh, chat said Bucky O'Hare on the hard. NES. Immortal is pretty hard. But I can, I can do it. I don't understand what happens. All I know is I just get hit and I turn into stone all the time. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, that's going to do it for this week's Nerd Radio, unless you're one of our podcast listeners. We've got Astronomicon coming up in a couple weeks. In fact, James, you're going to be, uh, as of this, it'll have happened two yeah. days ago. But uh, for our for our Twitch listeners, you're going to yeah, be. Today, uh, I will be hanging out with the Astronomicon guys. Anybody who's familiar with uh, Magic Ninja Entertainment or the Astronomicon uh, convention itself, you'll know Mike and you'll know Dustin from Astronomicon. I'm going to hang out with them on their YouTube. So I'll be hanging out today around 7 o'clock talking about Astronomicon, some of the guests, what you can expect. So if you're interested in checking that out or you want to know more about Astronomicon, make sure you head on over to youtube.com slash Astronomicon, 7 o'clock tonight. And for our podcast listeners, uh, we've got an interview with the actor who played Art the Clown in Terrifier. He's going to be out there along with the director of Terrifier. They're currently working on the sequel to it. And uh, so you can listen to that coming up next. And in the meantime... We're out of here. We're done with this uh, our studio show for yeah. this week. I was going to ask James real quick, though, because uh, obviously people listening or watching us on Twitch right now, that's live, that promotion uh, for tonight. That, I assume, will be archived, though. I'm sure you could still go back. You know, when you hear the podcast on Friday, you could probably still go back and watch that video. Is I don't that... know. I don't know how YouTube live streams work. I don't know if they save to your account like a Twitch. Yeah, they do. do. Yeah. Okay. Says, yeah, so I'm sure it'll be there. I don't know why they'd want to get rid of it. I'm on right. It. You know, I'm on it. So right, so it'd be silly for them to get rid of so it. So that way, so I wanted to mention that. So if someone listens to Skull, well, if it already happened, you know, right, at least go tr- stop by that YouTube yeah. channel and try and check it out. Absolutely, and uh, make sure you stop by our YouTube channel, check out some of our videos, and uh, give I'll try. Us- I'll try and be a responsible s- social media er and uh, share that. I appreciate it, <laughs> and I'll try to actually edit some of our videos a little bit quicker. You're, right. <laughs> yeah, I'm, <laughs> on, I'm on a three week backlog of <laughs> nerd radio content to create. Yeah, no, it's all good. 
We'll be back. Uh, we'll be back on Twitch, and we'll be back with another episode of Nerd Radio next week as part of the B Pod Studios Network. In the meantime, find us on social media at Nerd Radio One Hundred and One, and stay tuned, podcast listeners. You've got an interview with David Howard Thornton, Art the Clown from Terrifier, coming up on Nerd Radio. This is Nerd Radio. I want nothing. <laughs> I want absolutely nothing. There's no prize to win here. We're all losers. <laughs> Welcome back to Nerd Radio on the podcast page at WRIF.com and wherever you get in your podcasts as part of the B-Pod Studios Network. It's Chuck Bean with you and this little special something for our podcast listeners. I'm sitting here on the phone, not actually in studio, but with uh, David Howard Thornton. Now, if you don't know that name, you probably should. He stars in quite a few things, but it feels like, David, you're making a career out of playing clowns. Yeah, it's kind of weird. <laughs> kind of funny that way. Uh, David, <laughs> I thought you'd better say kind of funny that way. Right. David is uh, coming to Astronomicon here in a couple of weeks uh, on February 7th through the 9th. And he's coming because he has played the character of Art the Clown in the movie Terrifier, which you can check out on Netflix currently. Uh, it's a fantastic horror movie that's kind of uh, in the vein of, say, Child's Play or um, Nightmare on Elm Street. I wanted to uh, I wanted to congratulate you, man. What an amazing character, and what a great job you do inhabiting <laughs> that character. Oh, thank you, thank you. He's he's a lot of fun. <laughs> I love the guy. He's absolutely as I was I was uh, just watching it again last night. It's the second time I've ever seen the movie, and um, he very much is the character in the same vein as, uh, like, say, Freddy Krueger, in that he is a malicious monster, but he has a lot of fun doing it. So, oh God, yes! So you find yourself <laughs> laughing despite the fact that you just watched him like tear somebody apart or stick his thumbs in somebody's eyes. Yeah, exactly. That's that's the thing. Is it makes you really question yourself because you're like, why am I laughing at things I should not be laughing at? Sure. <laughs> I wanted to ask you, what is it like to inhabit that character? It's it's a lot of fun. I, I it's, it's, he's such a, a just a goofball in some ways, but so evil too. So it's. I, I get to play around a lot, and that, that's what I really love about him. It's just like he, he has so much fun in what he does, and I, I think that translates very well to screen. And it's fascinating, too, because I, I almost feel like uh, saying that uh, Art the Clown is a clown because it's in his name is a disservice because not only is it a clown, but Art has no lines in the movie. So you're essentially a mime clown, which is even scarier. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, see, that's the thing. It's like people get confused with that. They, they, some people call him a mime. I'm like, no, 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 no. He's not a mime. The, a mime does not use props. Silent clowns use props. So what art really is is a, a traditional silent clown, kind of like, you know, how Harpo Marx was. Very true. Yeah, absolutely very true. Now, I got to pull it up here, but uh, I, I had a friend of mine that I told that I was talking to Art the Clown, and their first question is like, well, that's going to be a dumb interview because he didn't talk. I'm like, no, 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 I'm talking to the guy who plays <laughs> Art the Clown. Um, just hear a lot of horn honks. Yeah, exactly. Man, that gag with the horn is hilarious. It happens so late in the movie that I hadn't even thought about it until he's like reaching through at this woman who's screaming and honking the horn. And I'm like, oh, for God's sakes, come on. But my friend Elizabeth wanted me to ask you, knowing that art is kind of a physical comedy role and that you are uh, you love some of the old physical comedy like Chaplin mm-hmm. and, and Keaton and stuff. How do you stay limber to uh, like protect your joints when it comes to doing some of the physical comedy that comes with being Art the Clown? <laughs> I, I well, I, I've discovered I have to exercise a little bit more than I used to now because I, I I I'm I just turned forty recently, so I'm just like, oh, 
Yeah, I'm not as limber as I used to be, so I have to do some stretches from time to time, I've discovered, because I had one night on set recently where I was doing this over-the-head blow with a uh, a weapon, and I having to do it repeatedly, and that next day, my, my lower back was just killing me because I was bending backwards so much. I'm like, oh, geez, man. <laughs> I got to stretch more. <laughs> <laughs> so what like, you're telling oh. me, what you're telling me is there isn't a stretching or exercise regimen, but there's certainly going to be. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, luckily, our, our female lead um, teaches like uh, uh, kickboxing and stuff like that and other other things. So she sometimes will lead a little bit of a, a stretch routine and stuff like that before uh, a shoot, which I'm like, OK, I'm going to take part. Now, uh, it's it's cool that you bring up your female lead, uh, at least in what you're working on now, because you have a lot of female leads in the original Terrifier. Mm-hmm. And I was curious because there is a scene that I will not blow for anybody who has not seen it, but it is definitely the high point of the movie. On set, when you are Art the Clown, do, do you actually, because once again, Art doesn't talk, like between takes, are you fully in character or do you, you know, actually joke around with them to kind of like lighten the mood about the awful <laughs> things that you're about to uh, do with the movie magic? Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I don't go full Jared Leto or uh, or Daniel Day Lewis. No, that is relieving. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. So basically, for, especially for like a fight scene or something like that, the first thing I'm doing is like, "Are you okay?" <laughs> <laughs> Which has got to look really funny, considering what I look like, and I'm covered sure. in blood. Right, right. Are you okay? Well, and I, I'm imagining because I'm imagining the teeth are prospe- prosthetics. So it's oh, yeah. got to so be difficult to talk through. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> I sound like some like redneck or something. Sure. <laughs> now I didn't hurt you too bad, did I? <laughs> <laughs> now you won't be jo- you won't be joining us at Astronomicon in full Art the Clown gear. I'm assuming. I'll, I will be. I will be doing a full costume and makeup photo op. Wow, that is terrifying. I wanted to ask you because it looks like there's absolutely some prosthetics that go along with the costume and the makeup and stuff Hell like yeah. that. Like, what's the what's the process like? Like, what kind of time does it take? What do you do oh. during the makeup process? <laughs> I, I I basically just like try to just get in a zen state because it's like basically two and a half to three hours of just sitting there and having stuff just glued on my face Whew. and then painted. Yeah, so it's it's a process. It's definitely then it's another hour just to take it all off, and that's that's actually I think that the removal is the worst part for me because it's a lot of scrubbing and like irritates my skin and stuff like that. But just you gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah, for sure. And well, the process must not be too bad because you are coming back for a sequel. Yes, Terrifier Two. What yes. can uh, what can you tell us about uh, what's going on with Terrifier Two? Well, we're definitely going bigger and better and badder this time. It's just like better, not in like bad way, but <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> right. It's like, oh, they're going bigger, better, and better. What? Art, <laughs> Art is going to be even more evil is what you're telling us. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Because, you know, he, uh, you know, he, small spoiler, you know, he's not necessarily dead and comes back from the dead. So it's like, yeah, I think. You gotta realize that this guy, you know, he gets a little bit of, you know, uh, an ego from that because he's like, oh wow, I can come from, back from the dead now. You would, <laughs> yeah, you would think so, and that was something I wanted to ask you. Like, obviously, you can't tell us exactly what it is uh, in the new movie that brings Art mm-hmm. back to us, but at the end of the first movie, Art 
gets done in in a pretty final way. And then in the last scene, mm-hmm. like all good horror movie villains, rises up from the grave kind of thing. When you did that, did you know ahead of time why Art was coming back? Or did you have in your head some kind of like, well, this must be why he's coming back? <laughs> yeah, we pretty much knew why he was going to come back. We we, we kind of had that escape plan in our heads. Because originally the the first cut of the film, we didn't film that scene in the morgue. That was later added after the first when we debuted at the Telluride uh, Horror Festival. And it, people wanted more. So we decided, well, you know, I think we're going to probably get a, have to make a sequel now. So we're like, okay, well, let's put something in there that lets people know this that this is going to keep going. Put a little stinger in there. Right. So, like, so we added that in. So by that time, we were like, okay, well – how is he coming back? And we're like, okay, well, this is why he's going to come back. Well, that's that's absolutely cool. Now, I didn't want to just talk to you about uh, Terrifier because you're also in uh, a a series called Nightwing Escalation, I believe. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you you uh, inhabit the Joker in this particular series. What can you tell our listeners about uh, Nightwing Escalation? Oh, it's, it's a lot of fun. I, I, it's been a while since I filmed an episode because it's all fan-made. So it uh, it's all contingent on whenever we can get everybody together to actually film something and get a good location with that. And unfortunately, like a few months ago, we were supposed to film like one of my last big scenes, and it all fell apart because like the location at the last minute decided to be a bunch of buttholes. And we're like, no, you can't film here now. I'm like... Ah, so that kind of threw a wrench in things. But, you know, it's a lot of fun, though. So, I mean, it's like we're all a bunch of, you know, comic book fanboys. And so we, we wanted to add our own little twist to, like, the Batman mythos. And and Joker is my favorite villain of all time. So it's just like being able to play him has been a blast. But, I mean, I would love to play him on, you know, more, uh, you know, professional role of playing him like more like you know not outside of a fan movie maybe doing like a tv series or something like that that would be so much fun because he's such a great character he's a lot like art you know he's just like one of those killers that just enjoys what he does and has has just a blast doing it yeah and definitely one of those characters that you enjoy despite you know having him do some terrible terrible things now i also i also saw that you got to uh play an orderly on gotham when that series was going on yeah was that somewhat connected to your work on nightwing no, no, this is, I got this on my own. It was just, that was fun because it, like, even though I, I, as much as I wanted to play like one of the main villains on Gotham, I was like, that, that didn't work out. But I'm like, just before Terrifier released, so like people didn't know who I was at the time, so I didn't have the clout behind me. But at the same time, I got to create one of the villains on the show, which was a lot of fun. I, I was the, the orderly that disposed of, uh, Butch Gilzine's comatose body into Slaughter Swamp, turning him into Solomon Grundy. Solomon Grundy, so that that's awesome. Fun. So do you? Yeah, yeah. So, do you have a favorite kind of uh, a favorite version of the Joker? Oh, Mark Hamill's by far. Excellent, excellent. Do you have a, a least favorite uh, version of the Joker? <laughs> oh yeah, Jared Leto. <laughs> <laughs> by far, that's the easy answer. That's low hanging oh, fruit the right there. Easy answer. That was just like, oh god, what was that? Uh, That's couple... like hot topic, like <laughs> on drugs version of Joker. It's like, what did you do? Are you just not okay today, man? <laughs> right. All right. Well, a couple more questions before I let you go. Once again, I want to let people know you're going to be at Astronomicon with the uh, the director of um, the the 
Terrifier series, Damian Leone. Uh, also, yes. a bunch of people, a bunch of wrestling people that we're going to have Jeff Anderson and Brian O'Halloran, Randall and Dante from Clerks, nice. as well as uh, Kevin Smith, one of the uh, creators of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It's happening February 7th through the 9th. At the oh, Win- you mean uh, Kevin Eastman? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, Kevin Eastman, not Kevin Smith. <laughs> my I, mind's... I thought Kevin Smith was going to be there. Kevin Smith is going to be there? Right. What? <laughs> my, my, I saw Kevin Eastman, but my mind was still thinking Kevin Smith. So, <laughs> yeah, because he's at Clerks. I, I totally right. see why. Uh, but that's happening at the <laughs> Wyndham Gardens in Sterling Heights, and uh, that's going to be a fun time. James from Dave and Chuck the Freak and our show, Nerd Radio, going to be out there as well, so I'll be hanging out, yeah. and uh, it'll be a bunch of fun. Here's a question I wanted to ask you that you may or may not have a, a, a very solid answer to, but um, I do another podcast called Talk Horror to Me, and we just recently did mm-hmm. an uh, episode. We They did an episode about Terrifier well before I was part of the show. That's actually how I was introduced to it. But we recently did an oh, episode cool. about Evil Dead 2. And we were talking about um, uh-huh. when when you're making, especially when it comes to movies, when you're making movies, the question came up, do you know while you're making it that, like, I think a lot of people are really going to like this? Like, even even after, let's say, you <laughs> release and then you don't get a whole big box office, you're like, no, I think in about five years, everyone's going to love this movie. I'm wondering, on set, while you were making Terrifier, was there this, you know, possibly the, this feeling of, like, I think we're on to something here. I think this is going to be something. Or do do when you're in the process, do you just not? Is that not a thought that enters your mind? Well, with Terrifier one, that was a you know a different beast because you know like we were a very low budget, like extremely low budget, like five figure low budget film, independent film. So like we were trying to be realistic with ourselves. We thought we had something really cool and fun, but we we you know when you're trying to compete with mainstream like. Hollywood and all that kind of stuff you just don't know and but we thought we had something fun yeah, but we were at the same time we're like well who knows maybe we're doing it just for the fans of All Hallows Eve and hopefully we'll get some people to like it but uh, it was one of our producers co-producers came in like one day it was his first time seeing me in the makeup and he's like holy <laughs> that is an iconic look yeah but that is something that's going to stick out to people that is such a cool character and then he saw what i was doing with the character like physically and he's like wow that's even better it's like this is you you guys don't know what you have here but i already see what this is going to be he's like this is going to catch on with people we're like well that would be great but who knows we're we we especially damien he's like the the eternal pessimist when it comes to that kind of stuff okay (laughs) i can relate yeah yeah but i mean i would so that that's how we looked at the first one but this one this one, uh, Terrifier 2, we have so much more confidence in this because it's like it's, uh, it's from the get-go. As soon as I saw like, Damien's script, I was like, oh, my God, this like blows the first one out of the water by far. And it's like, and, and we're having more fun making this one, I think, too, because we have more confidence in ourselves. And we, we know this is a good script. We, and we're, we're, we, we're very confident that people are going to enjoy these scenes because like, we're, we're sitting there cracking up making some of these things that we're doing and we're finding new fun little things with the character doing it. It's like, it's, it, it, it's killing me that I can't tell people what we've been up to because, Oh my God, it's, it's so much fun. And it is, it's, it, I, I'm excited. I'm just excited. That like, was we, we definitely have more confidence this time around. Oh, that's excellent. Awesome. And it is a fantastic movie as far as like uh it, the way it's shot. Uh there, there's some great camera angles in this movie that I absolutely mm-hmm. adore. Uh it's all it's a, it's all physical effects, right? 
Yeah, it's all practical effects. There's like maybe like 1% CG. Sure. And that was basically, but that was all done to, you know, enhance things. Like at the end, when I have blood coming out of my eyes, they couldn't actually make blood come out of my eyes. Right. They did a little bit of CG there. And yeah. They had to do some CG doctoring when I'm doing my Buffalo Bill bit because I, you know, some things were showing underneath my uh, <laughs> face of a JJ that right. I had a bright white tube sock on, and they had to digitally remove that. Sure. Um, another thing so I wanted like, to ask yeah. you before I let you go, how much of Art's mannerisms are scripted, and how much of that are, is uh, the director letting you play? I would say a lot of that is just Damien letting me just play in the moment. Because he, there's he some... writes down like what's going on in the scene, but he doesn't really say what art is doing physically. So there's he gives me a lot of room for embellishment there. Yeah, because especially in the first movie, there are a couple of laugh out loud moments with art where like you'll get hit with something or or a girl will go running away and you'll just like give her the finger, which is completely nothing <laughs> that you would have expected art to do at this point. But a lot yeah, of your exactly. a lot of your physical comedy, I always wondered like how much of that was given to you and how much of that he was like, what if I did this? Oh yeah, that's that. A lot of that just happens in the moment. It's like the the middle finger thing just came out of the blue. I was they had already said cut, and I was jo- joking around with Samantha when she was coming back. I was like, yeah, we have to do this again. Damn you! <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, the, and it looked so great. It looked like I was just giving her a bird. Right for stabbing me. I was like, "Oh, that works. <laughs> That's great. That's great." Because like the whole crew started laughing. We we have a lot of moments like that in the second one too, where we're just finding new little things to do in the moments. Like I filmed a scene last week, and it was just it was very bare bones. It was like maybe like a par- like a short paragraph of what was happening in the scene, and I I came up with this whole shtick in the moment when I saw what I was working with on this kitchen table, and I was like oh, I can do all kinds of fun stuff with this. And I just came up with a whole routine in my head and showed, like, and just went off on that. And Damien loved it and, like, oh, cool. Yeah, well, I mean, that's how you got the job in the first place, right? That's how I, I read yeah. that the audition was essentially you just miming a, a, a art death, and they thought it was so great. They were like, yeah, this is the guy. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's fun being able to collaborate with Damien that way. It's like he... He's basically the one that adds in all the, like the plot and the horror and stuff like that. I add the funny, so it's like we we work very well together in that way. That's fantastic. Well, it's going to be great to see both of you at Astronomicon. One more question before I let you go. I'm sure you've done plenty of these uh, these particular conventions. What is it like to interact with people that come up to you cosplaying Art the Clown? Oh, I love it. That is like. That was the coolest thing to me because I, I used to go to conventions before I started doing conventions, and and I and I used to cosplay. I used to cosplay as Joker a lot, and you know, people cosplay characters that they love. And the, I, I, as an actor, seeing someone cosplay a character you have played is like one of the biggest, just like biggest honors. It's because that that means someone's put all that time and effort to doing that, and they love the character so much that they felt compelled to dress up like the character like that so i i i I just love it well everybody come and make sure you come out and see david howard thornton art the clown out at astronomicon coming up february 7th through the 9th at the uh, windham gardens in sterling heights david thank you so much for talking to us here at nerd radio oh thank you very much as well to you know having me on i'm I'm looking forward to meeting you i'm in a difficult situation here i mean after all you're nerds See you later, nerd. I have spoken. You know what I have to say about that? Nerd!
So what the hell is Kite Man's? Uh, what's his deal? He where he's got a backpack that makes a kite, and he flies like a kite, and he comes in. And so what happens when there's no wind? Oh, there! I was looking for this one. Oh, no. Right. I couldn't find it. <laughs> it's labeled. Oh no! The I couldn't Albert. find it. I'm blind. Leave me alone. <laughs> the Albert. Leave him alone. He's a Hall of Famer. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Why do you laugh when you say that's true? I, I, it is I absurd. It's I completely absurd. I didn't think about it until he said it. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's true. I popped. <laughs> to use Chuck's term. It's a wrestling term. It has yeah. nothing to do with <laughs> orgasm. Yeah. God damn it. Well, I mean, it, it could be both. It could be, but it's not. It was used in terms to describe a wrestling yeah. well, team cheering I'm, for their favorite to, wrestler. I'm going to say, Chuck, you got to choose your words more carefully because we had two wrestlers in the room with us that day, and, and they, they didn't think of it was a wrestling term. They still laughed at <laughs> it. They still laughed at it. <laughs> we are rolling. All right. I'm starting the clock. Shut up. All right. Shut up. Shut up. Stop talking. Stop.